Hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to the Elevate Your Soul podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Aaron Kleinemann, a transformational tantric coach and speaker. He hosts his own podcast called Love, Sex, and Freedom Podcast, and you can find him on Instagram at The Soul Navigator. And today, I interview Aaron on why people experience difficulty in their relationship. This is a really big topic, and we touch on a lot of topics such as why couples have such highs and then such lows in their relationships, why they have so much turbulence. Is this normal? Is it healthy? Is it common? Why is that when sometimes you find one person in a relationship really satisfied and in their perspective everything is going fine and another person in a relationship is unhappy and is feeling unsatisfied and unfulfilled, why that is, and so many other interesting little topics on relationship dynamics. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast episode. If you feel that this podcast episode was valuable and information packed, I would love you to share it on to your friends and family. You can screenshot it or copy the link and send it forward. I would very much appreciate it. Thank you. Hello, Aaron. Welcome to the Elevate Your Soul podcast. Mm, great to be here. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> First question I have for you is what elevates your soul? What elevates my soul is nature, it's connection, it's the love that exudes being from my veins that I get to share in community and, and to step outside and to remember the gift of this life, the gift of actually living and breathing in human form every day. It's a pretty yeah. remarkable uh, opportunity we're in all the time. <laughs> yeah, all the time. Exactly. I love that. I love that. Why do couples that have such highs and good times also experience such lows and turbulence in their relationship? Can you answer that? Yeah, it's a great question. I I feel like what I've learned the most in this human journey is in my relationships. And I remember early on in my relating when I would completely fall in love with this beautiful Shakti, kind of referencing Hindu, but the woman before me, you know, this beautiful feminine essence and just be in awe of her. And often in relationships, people have all the, all the energy flowing and everything coming towards and the chemicals are there and everything comes together. And then whether it's three months or six months, things start to die off and the, the chemicals fall away or it could be a year or two years, whatever it may be. Right. And what I find the, the issue that people have in relationship is then complacency. It's not actually sticking to what has worked from the get-go. And there's always this feeling, well, the grass is greener on the other side. And mm-hmm. it's this part of our culture that's always perpetually looking for the next best thing. What's the new technology? What's the new thing? What's the new thing I can get high yeah. on an individual, on a relationship, on a connection, instead of actually learning to return to the union within their own heart within their own being to fall in love with life every day to fall in love with this partner that they certainly care a lot for but can to make 
the small things matter and make the small things matter in a way where you can choose to to show up in the relationship and say fuck yes you're not saying fuck yes to relationship it might be time to step away right right and why is it that those relationships that are really turbulent and that are basically like a roller coaster ride do you know why that is um that they experience such intense highs and then also such intense lows for sure the 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 highs it's like we're 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 these bioelectric magnetic beings that inside of our cells are positive charges and negative charges that are always seeking equanimity so when we draw a new partner into our life there's this part of us that feels like oh they complete me there's this high there's this there's this part of us that's like oh i want more of this yeah. being because I'm getting something from them that I don't know inside myself. And then we begin to have that correlation where the only way I can get that is having in the relationship. But then when that falls away, we go into this really deep, dark, intense low because there's this depression. There's this part where we don't actually know how to meet our own values, how to meet our own needs, and we become codependent on the other. And then we, we go, okay, let's go plan the next vacation so we can have the new high. Yeah. But then reality, day-to-day -day living settles in and we're like, oh, why am I choosing here? Because we're choosing a relationship that's built on finding the next high. We're choosing a relationship that's like, I need to go find the new, best new object, best new place, best new this, that, the other thing. Like, yeah. Can we slow down enough to fall in love with love within ourselves, because then we're not needing to find it on the outside. When it exists on the outside, we become thankful, we become grateful that this person has showed up to be in this dance of, of learning, of growth, of evolution. Yeah. The most evolutionary journey I have, I always think I'm enlightened when I'm single and then I get into a relationship again and everything is like, well, well maybe I'm not. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. And for people who've been in a relationship for several years and they can experience those highs and they don't need a vacation package to get there, they can have it through their everyday life. They experience these really massive highs, but then they're having these really big lows as well. Like, is that healthy? Is that normal? Is that, you know, like dreaming too far or outside of reality if you want a relationship that doesn't experience those lows? Is that common or like why? Do you know what I'm saying? I do. One of the, the foundations of that is the, the world we're living in, we, we have a, a part of our psyche that thinks we're going to create a future projected fantasy where there's going to be more happiness than sadness. We, yeah. we want to create this world where there's going to be more peace than war, more, more pleasure than pain. But the reality of this human experience that our soul is within is that all we know is equanimity. So the reason a lot of couples have issues is that they're perpetually trying to find a place where there's going to be more pleasure than pain. That, that's literally impossible. And what happens is we become only so present you're saying to it's the impossible pleasure. To, you're saying it's impossible to have a relationship with more pleasure than pain. 
I would say if you're completely conscious of the pleasure and the pain, then what happens is divine joy is, 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 is what is experienced. But most couples are only seeking, the, the, most individuals are only seeking pleasurable experiences and they're avoiding pain. But we know just as well as anything that when we avoid pain, it shows up more. And yeah. because we're now in this dance with another, it shows up more. And who do we want to blame? We want to blame our partner because they know us well. We've been vulnerable with them. They see all of our, our downsides. And it's an opportunity for growth when we can actually have the person before us give us loving feedback and not jump down their throat saying, you fucking crazy bitch, why are you calling me this? Or yeah. what's wrong with you? I'm perfectly fine. You know, why are you blaming and shaming me? Right. It, it, the, the dance, the relationship is a place where we can grow so much as these beings, but what it requires is a willingness. And a lot of people, like I was saying in the beginning, they don't have that willingness because they're just wanting to find the next high. They're like, well, I'm, you know, and I see this a lot in, I mean, my, my partner and I are in a monogamous relationship, but I kind of dance a little bit in polyamory and having different partners. And I still have a lot of friends that do. And what I see is often, they're having a connection with one and like that gets a little tumultuous like oh let me just go to the other partner because it's easier there right and then when that gets a little bit you know hairy let me go back to this one so right. we're never actually sorting through the issues that are arising right we're just bringing the issues to another person until they arise and then running away again <laughs> right so you're saying the issues are more so within you than the relationship so how do you know like are you saying if you've dealt with all your past trauma or whatever that you can just be in a relationship with anyone and never have any lows? Well, no. What, what I'm saying is that we're, life is- Like, how do you know that the relationship, that the partner is in alignment for you? And like, how can you base that off of, if, if you're having too many lows or you're arguing too much or you're fighting too much, if you're just really incompatible and that relationship's not meant to be, or if there's a place to learn and how do you know if you're not running away from a trigger or a relationship where you can really grow from, or if you're kind of wasting your time and staying in a relationship that you're really hopeful for that really just isn't a perfect match. It's a, it's a great question. And I'll kind of put that in a few different pieces. It's like relation there's a certain part of our beings that are drawn to another. And we have to recognize that, but know that when we're drawn to another, that being is going to start to bring to the surface any unloved, unconscious parts of us. And if we can learn to accept and to learn and to grow through that unconscious parts, then we can actually learn to, to grow in deeper interdependency rather than codependency. But we're two sovereign beings that are taking uh, responsibility for our emotional reactions. We're not blaming and shaming our partner. We're saying, wow, I'm upset because you did blah, blah, blah. If I can actually bring this back to myself and recognize that when I say the words, I'm upset because dot, 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 yeah. it's actually an opportunity to go into the school of our own heart and to see what's alive, what's being brought forth from this this situation with your partner that is bringing up things from the past and relationships are our greatest learning and your partner when we get vulnerable they're gonna bring things up within us that don't feel doesn't feel comfortable it doesn't feel easy it doesn't feel graceful 
So we have to be willing to, to go and do our inner work and then see if we can then meet back at where love is at the center. The other side to that, what you're asking, is that what I see when two people are like, all right, I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm evolving, and we're always in this place of finding the new edge of what we can discover, what I see happen sometimes is that people actually forget about the capacity to, to love deeply, to honor completely, and they're trying to stay in a relationship just to be happy, just to not be uncomfortable with leaving. And so their values are different, their lifestyle is different, but they're so afraid of being on their lo alone, they're so afraid of actually facing the, the trauma, the demons, the, the things that are happening inside, that they're not willing to, to leave the relationship. But they're incompatible, they've been in the same fight for the last five years, yeah. and they're not going anywhere. If, if your yeah. relationship is growing and you're learning, it's beautiful, there's gonna be pain. It's part of what happens. We're not going to have a world where there's no pain. There's going to be pleasure. But if you notice that you're unhappy, you, you, you just are incompatible because your values aren't in congruency, then it's time to ask the question, then maybe it's time to step away. And if you feel so uncomfortable stepping away because you feel like you're going to lose yourself, you don't know who you are, that's even more of a reason to actually do that because you're so people become so deeply connected. Their cords are so connected to one another that they forgot who they are. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember a relationship from probably maybe five, six years ago for myself, and I completely lost myself in the relationship. I was uh, uh, pleasing her. I wanted to make her happy. I was doing everything. She was my queen. It was amazing. But I forgot who I was in, in it all. And I like I remember when we split up, I had a few months where I was just like, I didn't feel like I was the same person because I didn't know what life was like without her in, in, within me. And it was beautiful because it came back to my roots and back to what I actually wanted and what felt good for me. And it was a, a big learning and growing from that. Yeah, and what you touched on before when you said for yourself, when you're single, you feel like you're so evolved, and then when you're in a relationship, you realize you know, you're know you not and you have all these triggers. So for people who are in a relationship but they actually really enjoy being single, because you use this example as people are too afraid to leave because they don't want to face their own demons and they don't want to be alone. What if there's someone in a relationship that they're not sure if it's in alignment for them or not and they're arguing and they're not sure if that's a growing relationship where they should stay in it and learn or if it's just incompatible and they should leave but they don't have an issue leaving the relationship they don't have an issue being on their own they enjoy as you said when they're single life is easier so for mm -hmm. someone like that how would you acknowledge <clears throat> what i would say is have an open transparent conversation with your partner People are so afraid of bringing the uncomfortable conversations forward because there's this feeling of, oh my God, what if they leave me? What if they hate me? What if I can't actually share those things? There, there's this part, and it's funny in relationships, we want this person who's gonna live with us all the time, we're gonna love unconditionally, but then when it comes down to it, there are these little parts, and we all know what those parts are, and if you're listening to this, it's, like that little voice inside, like, ooh, can I have that uncomfortable conversation with your beloved? Can you bring that forward? I mean, 
just in, in my relationship right now, like I, I love her. It, it's amazing. She, she has two kids that I kind of am a, a father role to. And one of the things in my own journey is, you know, I'm 37 and I, I'm, I'm not, I don't have direct clarity whether I'll be a biological father. And I could feel like maybe four or five months ago after we'd been together for about a, you know, a little over a year and that was kind of coming up and there was this voice that like didn't want to bring that conversation forward okay. because I didn't know how she'd react and I didn't want to create issues in the field involved. And then I finally just did. And yeah, there was some friction, there was some issues, but it just actually brought more of my truth. And I wasn't saying I want to leave you, sweetheart. And I wasn't saying I want to be a father. I just had to be honest with that part within me because I felt like it was inhibiting me from being completely present. Yeah. And this is really the key piece, especially I'd say for men, because men often have even more of an issue with communicating what's underneath the surface. Yeah. <laughs> and it is like a little voice inside that you're like, oh, I really want to have this conversation with her, but I don't know how she's going to react. Mm. Maybe she'll, you know, tell me I'm an idiot or walk away from me. Right. If you can do it in a loving way that's not charged. And yeah. when I say not charged, that means that you go and do your emotional release. You go and do yeah. your own inner work. And then you meet your beloved from a place of, of congruency, from a place of, again, equanimity of saying, baby, I love you. Can we have a conversation? And if it's like, baby, I love you. You were a fucking dick, you know, bitch last night, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. That doesn't create harmony. <laughs> In my experience um, with dating men is like, they will use the opportunity when, when you're wanting to be honest and vocal of like, oh, hey, when you do this upsets me or, or an aspect with, if one of them have, has a child or whatever with another woman, whatever the case may be. And then they use that, they feel attacked and, def and yeah, they feel attacked and then they get defensive and then they'll throw things back at you like, oh, well you do this and I don't like it when you do this and I don't like it when you do this. And that doesn't lead to anywhere constructive either. So it's important Absolutely. that I like what you said, that you do the emotional work and you create a time and a space to have an open conversation from a place of love about some of the things, whether it be your values or whatever, that may not be in alignment or something that you can work on or just something that you want to express. And, and lean into that conversation with vulnerability. Mm. And, and this is so powerful for men when you can lean in from a space and vulnerability, vulnerability does not mean weakness. Vulnerability from a true authentic place actually is the most powerful thing men can do. Yeah. But there's, and, and you know, this is the other piece around relationships is polarity. Like most relationships in general, like I, in my relationship hold a 80, 90% more the masculine pole of taking care of things, the masculine qualities. And, and, you know, she's a bit more in her receptivity and her flow and her creativity and all that. Like there's definitely actually in our teaching dynamic, she's honestly more teaching from her masculine and I kind of am a bit more in that receptive place. Yeah. But what I find is that men have such a fear of, of being vulnerable and what required, what's required for those deep authentic conversations for like, for the love to flourish is that one partner comes in with vulnerability and vulnerability is not a place of blaming and shaming the other. Vulnerability yeah. is the place of where you're like, 
wow, I'm, I'm feeling, you know, quite sad in, in my heart. I'm feeling, you know, there's some, there's some tenderness here. You know, I, I need to have some deeper conversation. This is going to provide me with, with, you know, more safety. And yeah. when you can do this, and this is a lot of the, the places that we especially teach in couple dynamics, because when couples can communicate from a place of saying how they feel, expressing you know the, their needs out in the world and how that's going to actually provide more safety for the themselves for the relationship then that's where love gets to be met at this at the center and it's not where we're blaming and shaming and being manipulative and you said this last night and you said this and i'm not saying this as though I have this perfect, you know, I just my partner right now, we're definitely <laughs> always learning, but I get the framework that yeah. I can return to in that moment when reaction's there. It's like, if I go and react in that way, is it actually going to be in more support for a relationship or is it just going to create more, yeah. you know, disharmony between the two of us? Yeah. And it's not quite as easy as one person being vulnerable it doesn't automatically mean that the other partner is going to let their shield down either. It does totally yeah. too. It takes two to tango. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it takes both of them to get to that stage. Do you think it's realistic to have a relationship where you're living in harmony for pretty much most of the time? Or do you feel like because we all have so many past traumas that we haven't worked through and insecurities that it's now become the norm to have an expectation that your relationships will have lows and will have arguments and will have fighting quite frequently. And that's realistic and that's normal, quote unquote normal. Or do you feel that there is such thing? And I don't know if you've experienced it or not, or if you hold that belief or if you don't like to hold that belief, but do you believe that you can have a relationship where, yeah, for the most part, it's just harmony and peace and not as much turbulence or tension? <laughs> well, I, I think yes and no. And, and I think harmony certainly can happen. Like, again, I look at my relationship right now and there's definitely disagreements that happen between us. And there's things that we're not always seeing eye to eye on. But what continues to remain is that the harmony between us and consciously choosing to say yes to the relationship is where we always return to. And that piece, I think, is necessary for healthy, happy relationships. The other side of that, sometimes I see couples that are in this, everything's good, we're all happy, but underneath there's just this like very angry little boy, little girl that has never actually expressed. And they're just living in this kind of illusory space where they're not expressing their needs. They're just numb at the surface. They're in relationship robotics and they're, they're not fully alive. When life force is alive in every cell of your being and when you can use the chemistry, the sexuality, the connection between the two of you to move and to heal, anything that happens, then, then it's really a beautiful space. And this is a, another thing that, that we go into a lot with the couples we work with. It's like sexual energy is a healing modality. What happens a lot of times in, in relationship is that the, whether it's the, the women often are like using 
sexuality to sort of manipulate the the man and the man then pulls away and it's just like this this love addict love avoider back and forth dance mm -hmm. but when you can actually both utilize sexual energy as a way of deep healing to move through any trauma that may be there like when when uh, raven and i were first together like she was still moving through quite a bit of you know trauma and issues from her past relationships and in our lovemaking she often would come into full tears and would have a lot of energy moving i wasn't then going oh my god what's wrong with you let me fix you it's just like letting that energy be what's moving through there there's this association that happens in relationships where when one person is angry or one person is sad Oh my God, what's wrong? I need to fix you. I, I need to make you happy again because we can't actually sit with the place of the unhappiness or the sadness or the anger within ourselves. So yeah. I, I reference that because harmony in my perspective exists when both partners are just completely present to what is. They're not trying to fix the other so that the other person doesn't feel uncomfortable that, oh my God, she's in the other room kicking and screaming and calling the pillow a fucking bitch or you know you you dickhead or whatever it is you know that's just the energy that's moving and it doesn't need to be expressed at the other that's the thing that happens is that when we can take responsibility for our own upset that doesn't mean that we need to say it at our partner we can yeah. take responsibility and then come back into loving congruency but what a lot of relationships don't understand is that when they get upset, they immediately are blaming and shaming the other. So the disharmony is what they think the other, the, the, this partner is causing all this issue inside of them. Yeah. The issue is never the issue. It's how we're relating to the issue that actually creates freedom in our body. So a long answer to all that, I think harmony is possible, but harmony in my world is not something where, we're, we're just always in this ineffable state of happiness and it's all the birds and the bees and life is beautiful. Yes, that's amazing. And I love joy, but I celebrate the sadness just as much as I celebrate the happiness because they're one. Yeah, 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 exactly. Interesting. Do you, yeah, yeah. I just believe my own personal belief is like once you, you welcome the sadness because that's where you learn and you grow, there will not in everyone's lifetime, but in certain people's lifetimes, you can get to a stage where you don't need that sadness and that pain in order to grow anymore. You can learn and grow from joy. So. Yeah, that, that is, I, I think, true to a point. But what often happens in the psyche, with as long as people understand, again, back to the foundation of this human experience, yeah. is in the duality to which our soul dwells inside of, happiness and sadness are one. There's no difference pain and pleasure are one, there's no difference. Construction and destruction are one, there's no difference. But because of the world we grow up in, we have this future projected belief that one day, one day I'm gonna find that partner and everything's gonna be happy. There's gonna be no issues, there's gonna be no problems. It, it, it doesn't exist because we're a soul inside of this dual body. What can happen is that when we learn to transcend the duality and when i say transcend that doesn't mean bypass mm -hmm. transcend from a state of having being thankful for the for the illusion of happiness being thankful for the illusion of sadness 
saying thank you to both of those. And then from that, a soul space actually opens. Most people associate a soul space to this place of just the illusion of happiness. This real soul becomes awakened when we see both sides of the situation. Love is, is the synchronicity of complementary opposites. And the true love gets, gets revealed and seen when we see both of those situations. When I can see you know, the pain and pleasure in my partner, when I can see the happiness and sadness in her because I know it within me, yeah. And then that's where we get to meet in this transpersonal realm of the cosmic joy, of the cosmic wonder, of this cosmic place of, wow, oh my God, that we're, we're going to places in our lovemaking that I can't go within my own self-pleasure. And through this connection, we're meeting God. When, yeah. when, when the relationship is, and I'm, I'm not saying God in a religious God, I'm saying God, a definition I love from a mentor of mine is grand organized design. So, like, I think the most beautiful partnership that's possible, and I don't think I do this perfectly, is really a three-way with God, where <laughs> it's you, your partner, and God. And when God is there, and this, this level of deep connection to soul-filled journey, soul-filled discovery, divine unification happening at the core of our, of our existence, that's where we get to meet. And we recognize our humanness, because we're all human. Like I know, you know, I, I, I fart and I stink and I have funny things that I do and idiosyncrasies and all the things about being human and I'm not perfect. And sometimes I don't always, you know, say the right things and I don't always treat it the right way. Yeah. But I know that I can find the place of where I return to loving. And for me, the, the enlightenment that I think a lot of people are seeking can really actually be found inside of relationship when we learn to use our yeah. partner as a way to more deeply connect to the divine as a tool <laughs> yeah interesting can i ask a personal question when you said you were when you're single and on your own um life is quote unquote easier or you seem more evolved and you get more challenged when you're in relationships when you are single and you're on your own are you able to maintain a level of um basically happiness um i think people misinterpret me when i say I can be happy all the time or someone's happy all the time. It doesn't mean they're happy 100% of the time. I just kind of mean like 99% of the time or if something comes in their way that, that, that takes them off their high frequency that they can get back so quick that it's almost like all the time they're good. You know what I mean? Like if mm -hmm. something comes in their day or in the morning that sets them off, the rest of the day won't be shit. Like they're able to pick themselves up from that. When you're single and on your own, how like, are you able to keep your frequency really high to this level of feeling happy almost all the time? Or have you not experienced that? Well, yeah, I, I have to a degree when, and when I was saying before, like, I think when we're single on our own, there's a lot more like my journey, you know, with kind of a, a Tantra and diving deeper into all this work is that when I really made a choice to more deepen in my own inner union, you could say like the masculine essence within me, meeting the feminine essence with me, then the way in which I was relating from was more whole. And from that wholeness, there was nothing I really needed or wanted from a lover. And, you know, yeah. for quite a few years, I just had a lot of different lovers in the world and it was beautiful and, I, and, and great. 
but I was always just returning into my own space and, and yeah. would go and would be teaching in a city and then come back into my own space and then go to another city and have a lover there. And yeah, there was a certain level of happiness with that. And when, when Raven and I met, like, you know, I remember saying to her, I don't do relationships. This isn't, you know, I'm really in my, my sovereignty. I have happiness inside me. I don't need yeah. you. Yeah. And, and what I found is that, you know, there's a conscious choice that happens when we start to more, I wouldn't use the word a mesh, but more continually like deepen with one. And what I found is like, the many where I could be getting this characteristic from this lover in this city and this characteristic from this lover, all it, it became more unified in, in within her. And yeah. what that, what that forces to happen is that anything that's unloved within me, any unconscious patterns, because we're now in this more monogamous kind of relationship, it's going to show up even more. It's going to show up that I can't hide from my issues. Like, so I wouldn't say, you know, I, I certainly felt more free and alive and I, I feel very free and alive now, but it was just on a different level. And I feel like the authenticity of where I meet the world now when I'm in a divine partnership is very different. And I, I love waking up with her every day. I love sharing our lives together. And, you know, even though we, you know, we teach and we work together and we do a lot of things together, still both very powerful sovereign beings that yeah. are completely on our own like you know because of this whole virus thing she's now staying here in Bali but for a little while because of me not being able to go back to Australia we were kind of doing a month on and a month off because she has yeah. her two kids in Australia right. and now it's like we've been living together or we've been quarantined and it's certainly bringing up things to work through yeah. But what I see is that we're both continually choosing to say, hey, this relationship matters and I, your love matters and my love matters and I, and I love thriving and sharing yeah. life together. And that's very different when you're on your own. You can have different connections and different energies and it's beautiful and it's lovely. I really love the, the journey of diving deep with one because there's a part of my humanness that can't hide. Yeah, and, sure. and it forces her to love all of my humanness and me to love all of her humanness. And we, when we love all of the good and the bad and the ups and the downs, then when we come together in lovemaking and connection, it's just like everything opens. And it's, yeah. it's the most masterful connection I've ever felt before. Yeah, I fully agree with that as well, that we learn the most from relationships than when we're on our own by far. By far, mm -hmm. relationships are our biggest tool to evolvement and seeing seeing a reflection of ourselves and our insecurities and our vulnerabilities. I love that. Yeah. Um, an example you said before when I asked if you think couples can basically be happy all the time for the most part, and you said you see some couples who pretend they're happy all the time and they're like, oh, everything's great. Um, what if, have you had people who you've worked with who are in a relationship where one partner is like, everything's great. This relationship's perfect. This is the, you know, partner of my dreams. And then the other partner in that same relationship is like, there's a lot of stress, there's a lot of tension. I'm really unhappy. <laughs> do you, like, where does that come from? And how do you approach a relationship like that? Yeah, I, I see that happen fairly often. And what I see happen and whether, you know, it's one partner, let's say, a, you know, a polyamorous relationship where one partner is really like, hey, 
I need to have many lovers and others like, well, I really love you. So that's okay. Yeah. And they're kind of putting somebody else's yes before their, their own no. And it, this is really a deeper conversation with, with boundaries and communication. And, and that doesn't have to be around having sex with another. That can just be like, I see what happens is people put the values of their partner more important than the values of themselves. Yeah. And it's not to say that there's not a time and a place for that. Like the, it's okay to have like healthy sacrifice for your partner. But if you're having a sacrifice and underneath the sacrifice, you're like, oh, I can't stand her and I keep doing this and I keep yeah. trying to just make her happy. Then that's the, the question where you look yourself deeply in the mirror and you say, am I actually genuinely happy in this relationship? Am I thriving? Am, am, am I feeling full life force inside of me? And am I choosing this because I'm afraid of being on my own? Yeah. Or am I choosing this because it's really what's bringing me a lot of joy? And, and I see this especially with, you know, older couples and people that have been together for a longer time. And it's beautiful, like couples that have been 30, 40 years, and wow. there's a certain level of healthy sacrifice. But what I still see happen is people are in this place of they're not actually happy, but they feel this sort of illusion of happy because they know yeah. how much their partner is happy. And if, if that's really what brings them joy, beautiful. Yeah. It's just getting really honest with yourself, having the honesty. And there's no one solution. Every single relationship is uniquely different. Yeah. And what it requires is somebody to really, who am I as my own being outside of this relationship? Do I need this other person to feel happy? Do I need this other person to complete me? Do I need this other person to, you know, be the one that I, you know, can't live without? Or can I be okay in my own? If I'm okay in my own, then everything else that happens is from the overflow. It's not yeah. from the neediness and the dependency. Yeah. It can be from the other partner as well. Like if a partner with your example with polyamory, if, or whatever, if someone wants something and the other partner's just like, I'll, I'll, let you have that because I know it makes you happy. It can also be up to the other partner to say, I know what I want isn't in alignment with what you want. So they might mm -hmm. need to break off the relationship for the better of their partner. But in using an example that isn't to do with polyamory, because majority of people aren't in polyamorous relationships and they're in monogamous relationships. So for mm -hmm. an example, in a monogamous relationship where one person's really happy and thinks their relationship is just so amazing and the other partner is not feeling fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it, a very basic situation is let's say, you know, someone is, you know, needing to, to move to a new city to, you know, start a new job and the other partner has all their family, you know, in the city that they were living in there can be a, a healthy sacrifice that's made from that partner that doesn't want to leave to say, hey, honey, I love you. I support yeah. you. I'm going to be there for you. But if that person is making that sacrifice and underneath, they're just blaming and shaming and not mm -hmm. really there 100%, yeah. then by them choosing to be there, it's not going to make the relationship better. Yeah. Because that other person is going to feel that they're not completely present and they want to be somewhere else. And this is what happens is we try to put on this hat 
let me be the good partner. Let me be the good girl, the good boy who wants to make everybody happy. And they have resentment. <laughs> they have resentment underneath. And like, we're, we're not dumb creatures. We feel the resentment. It's like when, when and it shows up and what happens is that resentment builds and then it shows up in this very like undermining argument that becomes in this passive aggressiveness, this part yeah. of us that's like, you know, brings it out in argument saying, well, I never really wanted to move in the first place and exactly. you made me move. <laughs> and then the person's like, well, I asked you and you said you do it. Yeah, but I did, but I really didn't want to. And it's your fault. Exactly. So yeah. taking responsibility for your own choices. Uh -huh. And it's easier said than done because there is a level of dependency that happens in relationship. But we have to bring that conversation in transparency, in yeah. honesty to yeah. one another without trying to hide. Anything that you think is you're hiding from is going to find its way to veer its ugly face one way or another. It might be a week later, a month later, a year later, it's gonna come up an argument and you're gonna be like, well, and I did this for you and now you're not doing anything for me. Yeah. Like let go of the resentment and the blame and the shaming, it never works. <laughs> yeah yeah and that's important as well not to have those expectations as well like oh okay yeah. i'll do it for you and then i'll hope you know that y you can say yes next time i ask you for something or next time i want something you have to do what i want because now i'm saying yes you know it's like wanting to swap a yes for a yes or or whatever the case may be yeah yeah and and what what comes forward for me is around this is around an individual having the capacity to state their desires like our capacity whether whether their sexual desires whether their professional desires can i state my desire to my partner without agenda and expectation of how they're going to react and and i i reference sexuality because the, the place of our root chakra, the place of our, most of the blame and shame and, and issues is within our base. And it's often because as a little boy or little girl, we were told that our needs and our desires don't matter. And, and, and don't, don't, you know, don't be sad. Don't be upset. Oh, you know, mm. it, your, your brother or sister's needs are more important than yours. Mm. So what happens at this young age, we're, we're, we have this blueprint of my needs don't matter. My desires don't matter. So then we find a partner who's there to continually show us this limiting belief <laughs> yeah. so that we can continually face this over and over and over again. You're like, yeah. And, and now I knew this was true because my needs really don't matter because now I've been with this person for 10 years and I still don't matter at the surface. It's yeah. like, can, can we let go all of that and know that we're deeply intrinsically loved from the inside our needs matter, our love matters, it's okay to be held, it's okay to have our belly rubbed, it's okay, yeah. it's like, you know, I love that you have a dog in your hand now, because dogs are so like, shamelessly, that when they want something, they're just like, hold me, love me, I don't Give care what you think about me. <laughs> yeah, they are, they are. I have no shame in doing that in my relationship. Like, That's great. I'm needy. I have a re request, whether it's an intimacy request or an emotional request, just just like, this is what I need right now. This is the mood I'm in today. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and, and the challenge, I, I was just do, doing a podcast last week and I was really diving deep into men's emotionality. I won't, won't as much here, but like 
the challenge is women often have more of a capacity to share those needs and desires. So like you're sharing that to your partner and he's like, yeah, I want to fulfill my queen. I want to be there for her. But inside of that man is often like a 10 or 15 year old little girl who doesn't know how to express her needs, who doesn't know how to express her desires. So like he, as the masculine essence, is fulfilling that for you and that's beautiful. But underneath there's usually a resentful little girl that's like, oh, I can never have my needs met and this can't oh, happen. Oh no, he asked me as well. Oh, I, that's good. No, no, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying you. I love it. I want a man who can uh, cry. <laughs> I want a man oh, who that's can great. call me. That's great. Yeah. 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 And but yeah. I, I speak into this because the issue that often lies in relationship is at the contrasexual level, right. meaning your masculine, his feminine uh -huh. meeting each other. And they're like, oh, is this like a little teenage romance? What's happening here? How do we communicate with one another? And that's usually the unconscious parts that get surfaced for um, issues to be cleared, for trauma to be revealed. Yeah. So that love can continue to, to be present. But most people, that's where the most friction lies in their relationship is that the, the, the feminine and the man doesn't know how to express his desires, doesn't know how to, you know, to cry, to emote, to be angry. And often, you know, not all the time, but often the, the masculine essence in the woman doesn't necessarily know how to, to be there in power and strength and be there to, to hold space, if, if you will. And the, well, the it can woman totally be the other way around as well. It can totally be the other way around. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm speaking more from the, the masculine, feminine essence yeah. that's alive inside of all of us. And I definitely see sometimes relationships where it's the other side. But what I find is really important is that polarity is, is present. Like a woman, whether the, the feminine wants to be ravished and to be taken and, 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 and just to, you know, to surrender deeply to, to the masculine essence, the same way the feminine and a man wants that as well. And if that polarity isn't there, without polarity, relationships die. Yeah. And I see that over and over. They become great friends who are just like good buddies instead of having that like that lusciousness and that desire. And it's like it requires both people to consciously work on that polarity to keep the relationship alive. Yeah. Just an interesting question I have. I'm not a huge fan of uh, the terms masculine and feminine and so many people use it these days, but do you believe that some people can be split exactly 50, 50 down the middle masculine and feminine energy at their core? I, I think at our core base level, we are split 50, 50 okay. because the, 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 there's that's polarity that's within us positive charges negative charges masculine yeah. feminine they're they're yin and yang but the the reality is like you've had this human journey in a female body i've had this human journey in a masculine body i know more of the masculine uh essence qualities more than I than I feel like a, a a woman in a in a female body. But it, it doesn't can't be mean the other way around too, right? Of course, of yeah. course, it can exactly. be. I'm I'm just speaking more for the 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 more typical relationships that are out okay. there. 
Yeah. You know, like I, I come from a government, military, maritime background. Like <laughs> I, you know, I, 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 I love working with guys that are like just stepping into this because their, yeah. you know, partner has pulled them into self-development or tantra, and they're like, "What the fuck? I just want to go back to working in the mines and things like that." <laughs> you know, like, I, like the airy fairy, you know, spiritual world is great, and I've been in it for a long time, and I love the coaching and things I work with, but I actually love whether you want to call it the more common folk or normal, whatever it is, like when you can just look at, you know, the, you know, an early book from a long time ago, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, John Gray, like it just speaks into basic polarity or David data talks a lot into this. I'm not saying that's across the board, yeah. but I do find it's, it's important for people to have some of that reference point in their relating because that, so I find a really good foundation to move from. It's not a foundation yeah. to rely it's all for their information from. Yeah, yeah. It's just important to say that it can be the other way around as well, <coughs> because then the people who aren't the, the typical classic version of what you're talking about, mm -hmm. like, where the hell do I fit in? You know? So sure. it's important yeah, yeah, yeah. to say, yeah, yeah, both. Well, a lot yeah. of what you've said today is like basically comes from to keep peace in relationships or to evolve in a relationship, you need self-love, self-awareness mm -hmm. and honesty and mm -hmm. the courage to communicate your honesty, <laughs> you know, to actually communicate across to your partner, what you're feeling, how, what you're thinking, all those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah the, the, the courage and the willingness to, to have the conversations that you're afraid of having. Yeah. Because if it's coming up for you, there's a chance that it's probably coming up for your partner. And if you're going to sit on that fear or that desire, it, at some point in your relationship, you can hold off for 15, 20, 30 years. But at some point, that innermost desire, that innermost want is going to come to the surface. And it's yeah. really important that it's heard, that it's felt, that it's received. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's the only thing that's going to fix a relationship though. Um, no, because no. yeah, yeah. There are people who will be willing to have those uncomfortable conversations, but it doesn't necessarily mean everything's going to be fine after that. <laughs> no. And, and I, I think the, it, it's, as we were talking about earlier, if the values have to be in a certain level of alignment, if values, yeah. what's most important to you, like, it doesn't you don't all it's actually important that your values aren't exactly the same okay but you have a meeting point where you you generally enjoy spending time together and, and finding things that bring you both joy you know mm -hmm. like even in the these this last couple of weeks in quarantine like both both of us love going for walks in nature and yeah. we love you know we've been catching up on some movies we've been wanting to watch and right. we you know, with, with the two of us, we could probably just sit and talk for hours and hours and hours at a time about all these different things. And that just brings us a lot of joy. Like we both love cooking. We've been having our own little like kind of battles in the kitchen and, and you know, but just kind of. From there, you need to decide, is this a friendship or is this a relationship? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. the, that to me, the relationship is, is built in like if you're with somebody and they only have want to have sex once a month and you want sex every day, 
Yeah. Like you gotta have that conversation. It it does if you're, if you're that one partner is like, you know, hemming and wanting sex every day, and the other one's like, that's just not what I want. If yeah. that conversation never happens, like I, I love sitting down couples and actually having that conversation, and yeah. the, the man or the woman might be like, yeah, I'm good with like once a month, and the guy's like, or the woman's like, I need it every day, yeah. but yeah. they've never had that conversation. Mm. then their values might not be in alignment and it might just be like, hey, this might not work. And that doesn't mean it's the end of the world. There's often this thought process like, oh my God, if this relationship ends, if forever ends, all hell breaks loose. It's the end of the world. Like life goes on and you can actually stay in deep harmony together. It yeah. just means that you weren't in alignment to share your life together. It's not the end of the world. Like yeah. it, this too shall pass. Yeah. You can find someone with the same values. Why don't we learn yeah. to bring that up on like the first date when you meet someone? So what's your values? <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. That's interesting exactly. as well though, because sometimes our, our, even our friends can trigger us. So mm -hmm. I like, I highly agree that relationships like intimate romantic relationships we learn the most from but it's funny how you can learn in friendships as well you can get in arguments with your friends you can get in fights and then you can make up <laughs> kiss and make up yeah. yeah of course of course and you know to me it's it's back to the place of, of of vulnerability can i be vulnerable with my dear friend can i be vulnerable with my dear beloved to to say what I'm afraid to say, to, to communicate what I might be afraid to communicate and meet at that place of vulnerability because that's like the dear friends I have in my life are the ones that I know I can pick up the phone and tell them anything and they're just yeah. going to love and listen to me without judgment, without like, you know, they might kind of joke and, and you know, mm -hmm. say different things, but I know I can feel their heart mm -hmm. and when I can feel their heart and their genuine care, for me, it's the same genuine care I feel for them. And that's to me is, is a lifelong friendship, a lifelong love. And, you know, like I, I love um, with my partner now, Raven, her ex-husband, Scott, who's a, who's a dear friend, you know, they, they, they still have a beautiful friendship and part of their vows. I love, like they, they share, like they're going to love each other for the rest of their life. And they generally do, but they got to a point in their relationship where they recognize that they're, values just really weren't in alignment and that doesn't mean they need to you know, you know kick and scream and you know make this big divorce matter and everything you know and blame and shame it's just like hey you know they co-parent and it's beautiful and we get to have a harmonious connection between between all of us and it's beautiful and I really feel it's a great example you know they're not always in great perfect alignment you know yeah. But I, I, it's so funny when I see relationships split up and like they become these like, Enemy. you know, villains and people yeah. that hate each other. It's like, where's the love that was there initially? Why can't that still be there? Yeah. Or not even love. Like if it was short term, like just be civil, <laughs> just be civil. <laughs> like you don't have to still love each other or you don't have to be friends. Just be civil. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the, the, the place that I, always like to you know feel into with any you know past relationship or woman who i've shared time with it's just like feel the essence of that connection and that that space of heart that was there eventually yeah. it's like i i think like i can feel every relationship i've had through you know the past 15 years every one i feel like has helped me grow and mature 
more and more for who I am as a man, as well as who I show up as in relationship. And I'm immensely grateful to every single one of them because I've learned so much. And I know I, at times, I'm sure I was an asshole and I'm sure I did stupid things, but like yeah. at the end, I, I can return to that place of saying, thank you. Like, I love you. The, yeah. I love the, you know, Ho'oponopono. Like it's such a beautiful yeah. returning prayer of just saying, thank you. I love you. I, I can't imagine my life without you whatever that looks like that doesn't mean talking every day yeah. but that can be like a, just a deep sense of prayer and love for that beloved yeah, in your life. for sure yeah i love my exes as well always mm. <laughs> great how can people <laughs> find you on social media so my website aaronkleinerman.com um it's small man in German as we were talking about before, <laughs> yeah. um, and the soul navigator uh, okay. on uh, Instagram. And I, I love the soul navigator because I basically went from navigating big ships around the world to helping people navigate their souls. So, wow, that's um, so cool. Now you can see all the workshops and retreats and online courses and everything else that I do. I do a lot of work specifically for men, and then we do a lot of couples work as well. Couples work as well. Perfect. And you're based yeah. in... I'm in uh, Bali. I'm from the U.S. Originally, we run, um, I mean, with this virus, we've, a lot of our retreats have been pushed back, but we run usually three, four big retreats here in Bali every year. Um, and then we're in Europe and U.S. We're down in Chile this coming August. So we're really you know, all over the world with the work we, we share in the world. Great. Perfect. I'll put your links in the show notes. Great. Great. Thank you so much for, for having me and for having this conversation. I love what you're creating. Thank you so much.